Well, it is always a pleasure to be back with you. Um, for some of you, I'm a, a new face. For some of you, I'm an old face. Um, for some of you, I guess I should have shaved. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, my name is Drew, and I used to be here a long time. Well, not that long ago, uh, but a few years ago, uh, when we started out uh, at the barn, uh, the octagon, the barn. And uh, when we came here and so forth, and my, you, many of you may remember my brother Jamie, who was here for a time. Uh, but I am very grateful to you, Father Joe, and to all of you for inviting me back. Um, you have to have done something right to be invited back. And I'm not sure what I did, but uh, I appreciate the opportunity to be with you and to preach the gospel again. For those of you who may not know who I am, um, as I said, my name is Drew. And I serve in the Middle East. I live in Egypt, in Cairo, and I'm returning tomorrow uh, back to the Middle East. And uh, I work as the chaplain to uh, a bishop who is also an archbishop, and we look after uh, 22 countries in the Middle East. So an exhausting job. But today I'm going to share with you about another person who had an exhausting job, uh, St. Paul. We're continuing our theme of the letters of Paul, which you've been working on since Easter. And I also wanted to coincide this passage with some of the fruits of the Spirit. And I want to look at Egyptian fruits of the Spirit. So I've been in Egypt since 2007. That was my first visit, and I lived there permanently since 2008. And I've enjoyed a lot of food. In fact, you, you may have seen me last time. I was a little thinner than I was this time. My stomach is getting bigger because the food is good in Egypt. Even uh, the people of God, when they left Egypt the first time at the great exodus, they started to complain and say, we remember the leeks and the onions and the melons. It was the food that wanted them to go back. So I have an appreciation for food. And when I go to someone's house for dinner, often after, after dinner, we will have different fruits. And not just one kind of fruit, many kinds of fruits. Dates, figs, melons, oranges, pomegranates, guava, mangoes, apples, strawberries, grapes, any of those things and beyond. And so I thought about this, this fruit salad, this menu of fruit, when I was looking at our passage from Second Timothy. And I thought of seven fruits of the Spirit and seven attitudes that we can look at which correspond to these fruits. Often we are known by our fruit. We are known by our faith in action. What are the results of our actions? And so we're going to look at that. We're going to look at a list of an Egyptian fruit salad or Egyptian fruits of the Spirit. I hope you don't mind. Um, Paul writes to Timothy in his, one of his last letters before he would die. He's writing from prison, and he says this in verse 10. I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they may too obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus. The fruit of the Spirit that I see here is love. Love. Loving someone into the kingdom of God is like serving someone a bunch of good Egyptian grapes. If we're careless, some of the grapes will fall into the ground when we pick up the bunch, and they will be lost. But if we are loving, 
We will sacrifice everything so that we can win the other person. We will take care when we meet someone and when we pick up the grapes not to lose one. Paul says he endured everything for the sake that they may too obtain the salvation in Christ. He loved the people and loved them to his death. I've been blessed in Egypt by being welcomed into many people's homes. And as a stranger in the community, I'm grateful when someone smiles to me and welcomes me. I think sometimes I need to remember this when I travel back home or when any of us are travel or we are in familiar surroundings. It's easy for us to speak to only the people that we know and not often reach out to the people who might be lost like the grapes that kind of roll away on the floor when they fall. They get out of our reach. What are we doing as a church to reach the lost, to reach the people who have fallen off of the bunch of grapes and are rolling away? We need to be a people this morning of love, as Paul asks us. God gave Abraham and Sarah a fruit of kindness. Using that gift, they entertained strangers who turned out to be angels from God, or some would say even the Trinity. Showing hospitality to strangers is like serving a bowl of Egyptian strawberries. Do you, do you all like strawberries? We have good ones here in Ohio, I know. But it's important to serve the strawberries while they're still fresh. There's a very short period of time before they really get moldy and soft and bruised, and that's not very good. If we ignore a stranger, the stranger will go away. And God's intended blessing for them and for you will be lost. And I think here of modern-day Middle East, um, I look at the two million Syrian refugees who have left, the 5,000 who leave every single day. What are we doing to help the strangers? What are we doing to help provide hospitality to someone else? If we wait too long, they will be bruised and the fruit will rot. So we need to seize the opportunity to meet other people, to have a welcome, to offer hospitality to one another. And remember, Paul is in chains while he's writing this, but he's kind and he's ministering to the people around him. Again, he's loving people into the kingdom of God. The fruit list has something else to offer. Remember, Paul is writing from prison, and many Christians at that time and in the time after that and even till today, are in jail because of their faith. Church members were encouraged not just to think about them, but to do something about them. In Egypt, we have a prison ministry uh, specifically to expatriates. Um, and the, the U.S. Embassy called me this last week saying, there's a prisoner in a city that we don't have a ministry in, but would I go out and visit? And I said, yes. Um, and this morning I got an email back from them saying that the prisoner had died. Um, we need to put our faith into action. Not just say we care about the prisoners, but go and visit the prisoners. But not everyone is in prison physically. Many of us are in prison emotionally. Uh, many of us are in prison in other ways in our lives. Even though we're completely free and people look at us, we look fine, but we're imprisoned. Um, one of the most encouraging things when I would go to the prison, I would see people who say, I was a bad person outside of the prison when I was free. And now that I've come to the prison, I know God, 
I know Christ, and I'm more free, even behind these bars, than I was before. What are we doing for the prisoners? And here I think of the fruit of the spirit of peace. When you enter a violent world of the jail or the people who are imprisoned, we have to have peace in our hearts and in our lives. And I think here about dates, not boy meet girl, but dates, uh, the fruit, dates. Um, We don't eat a lot of dates here, do we? No? But how many of you have had, not dates, you know, boy meet girl again, but how many of you have had actual dates? So most of us, what do we find in a date? There's this outer shell, which can be soft sometimes, sometimes hard if it's left too long. What's in the inside? A pit or a seed or something very hard. But once you remove that pit, you have really, really sweet fruit. So my question this morning is how do we remove the pits from the other people, from their lives? How are we kind to them so that we remove the difficult, the hard spots, the hardness of the heart? And what's left is a beautiful piece of fruit. Another gift that we can give to one another is our presence and our listening ears. Often we can't make the problems go away. I was on Skype with someone till about 3 o'clock last night in the morning because in Egypt that's uh, 9 o'clock in the morning and this person was having a, a horrible day and they needed to talk for a little while and so I, was, I couldn't solve the problem but I could at least listen. I think a lot of our ministry here is just a ministry of presence, being at the right place at the right time, offering Christ to someone who needs that presence. And I think of the fruit of the Spirit of gentleness. It's like dealing with an apple. I know you're saying, how do these go, how do they fit together? But an apple can look fine on the surface, but underneath the surface it can be bruised. Or there can be a worm or something inside that you don't really notice. We can be bruised very easily. We need to be gentle with one another. Again, Paul is writing these things as he's in prison and he's encouraging other people to be loving and gentle and taking care of the people around them and not to bruise each other. He says here uh, about quarreling in verse 14 and that it's of no value and only ruins those who listen. Again, we need to be gentle, not quarreling or fighting. We need to be gentle with each other and not bruise each other. The next spiritual gift that I want to look at this morning is the gift of faithfulness. Paul writes that even when we are faithless, he is faithful. Jesus Christ is faithful. I don't know about you, but often I look around or I may not have great faith. I may not know where is the hand of God in the midst of something. We all have good days. We all have bad days. But even when we have a lack of faith, Jesus is there and he is faithful. Here I think about an orange. An orange. The only way to enjoy the sweetness of an orange is to peel away a tough skin. Too many people are afraid to trust each other. Whether it's a husband and a wife, a brother, a sister, 
an employee and an employer or anyone. We put barriers in our lives like this tough skin of an orange to protect ourselves. But we need to peel away that layer, not only with each other but also with God, the barrier that separates us and Him. And we need to peel away that layer, become defenseless and, and uh, what's the word? really struggling for a moment. That's it. Thank you. Vulnerable. It is actually the word I was looking for. We need to be vulnerable with one another. But how often are we not? Because we're afraid to trust. We're afraid what someone else will do if we say something. We need to be vulnerable with each other. And we can demonstrate our faith by doing this and saying, God, I trust you, even though I don't understand, even though I'm not sure what's going to happen, I'm putting my life in your hands and I trust you. We have to do this as married couples and as friends to trust each other, to say, I'm willing to put my life in your hands and you can take care of me. It's not easy. But the fruit of the Spirit here that we are looking at is faithfulness. God is faithful. And He wants us to to take away the peel and be vulnerable to Him. Next on our list, we see from 2 Timothy 2, verse 15, Do your best to present yourselves to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Often when we claim to be Christians, our lips acknowledge God, but sometimes our lives have to bear that fruit in our actions. And people notice our actions, the way we handle our lives, our talents, the way we handle the Word of God, our money, our families. This indicates what we believe and who we trust. And I'm thinking here of the fruit of the Spirit of self-control. If we handle ourselves correctly, We're not ashamed. We're not ashamed. And the fruit I want to look at here is a watermelon. A watermelon. When you cut open a watermelon, there's more sweet fruit than any one person could eat. Now, I know we try sometimes to eat a whole watermelon. And in Egypt, we put the watermelons in the refrigerator after we cut it up so it's nice and cold on a hot day. It's really, really nice. But a watermelon is too much for one person. We need to share. If we keep a watermelon just for ourselves and we're not sharing with one another, soon it'll get dry and it'll get old and you can't eat it. People who try to do things by themselves will find out that they will not survive. We need the church. We need the body of Christ to be together, to support each other. We need good workers who correctly handle the Word of God. I had said to Father Joe this morning, I wish that he had preached this morning, uh, because I wanted to hear the Word of God from him. He's a man of God, and he correctly handles the Word of God and interprets for you and shares it with you. Why? So you can grow so that you can learn how to control your life. Not by yourself, but with the help of God, with the help of your brothers and sisters who are here as a family. The last item 
on this fruit salad is remembering to be joyful. The fruit of the spirit of joy. We lead by example. And sometimes we don't have a good example or sometimes we don't lead very well. Sometimes we think once we've become a Christian, there's nothing else we have to do in our lives. When I look back at some of the people who have most influenced my life, especially Christian leaders, one of the common traits that they had was being joyful. Even though there were difficult times, they were joyful. Who are the people who have shaped your faith? Who are the people who you have shaped your life after? Who are the people who demonstrate faithful living? And again, this shows joy. Not necessarily happiness. I can be happy one day, sad the next day. But what is the lasting fruit of the Spirit that I have? Joy. It doesn't depend on what's happening around us. Like peace. Peace is not just the absence of war or conflict. But peace is something you can have at any time. All of these fruits of the Spirit are not necessarily dependent on what's happening around you. But it's a state uh, of being that you can live in Christ. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are things that you can have as Christians. And when I think about the fruit that matches this last one, I think about a fig. I didn't know what fig trees were like. I had never seen one in Ohio before. I, I don't think we have them here. Uh, maybe we do. We do? Okay, we do. Um, I didn't, I never grew up, well, I didn't grow up seeing fig trees here. But when you look at a fig tree, you see a fruit being protected. A lot of us need to be protected in our faith, in our Christian walk. We need someone to be around us to help us, to protect us until we are ripe and ready to be picked and ready to go out into the world to do the ministry that God has prepared for us to do. Who has protected you in your Christian walk until you were ready to walk the faith? And who are you protecting until they are ready to walk the Christian faith? That's why I think of joy and figs. They go together. We need to be a people of joy because we have something to celebrate. Christ Jesus. What he has done for us is different than any other religion. In Islam, people are trying to win their salvation. If you pray this many times, if you fast, if you go to Mecca, if you do all of these things, maybe, just maybe, God will have mercy on me and let me in. We don't have a God that way. We have a God who has already saved us. We have a God who says, I've forgiven you. Live free in me. Paul protected Timothy, Mark, Barnabas. He wrote from prison. He was suffering, but joyful in the Lord. I've given you quite a menu, and I think I've gone over my time. So I just want to review the seven things. Love, like a bunch of grapes. Kindness, like a bowl of vulnerable strawberries. Peace, 
like squeezing the pits or the seeds out of dates. Gentleness, like caring for bruised apples. Faithfulness, like peeling through the tough skin of a vulnerable orange. Self-control, like sharing a melon that's too big for one person to eat. And joy, of picking ripe figs that have been protected until the time was ready. We have a lot of fruit to think about this morning. But where does all the fruit come from? Where does our fruit come from? Paul writes in 2 Timothy 2 verses 8 through 10, Remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel for which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Jesus Christ with eternal glory. The fruit comes from Christ. We are told to plant seeds in people's lives. We're not told to make the fruit grow. We can't do that. We are told to plant the seeds. So my brothers and sisters, I ask you this morning to plant seeds in other people's lives. Whether it falls on rocky soil or good soil or whatever kind of soil, it doesn't matter. You're planting seeds and God will make it grow. And the fruits that will grow in our lives are these fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the witness of Paul, how he points always to Jesus Christ, how he suffered but yet was joyful, how he inspires us this morning, how he inspires people around the world who are suffering for the sake of the gospel. Lord, we pray that you would encourage us this morning with your Holy Spirit, that you would work in us to bear fruit. And Lord, I pray that if I've said anything that is not of you, that you wipe it away from our ears and our eyes and our hearts and our minds. And I pray only that your word would remain because your word is true and eternal, because you are the way, the truth, and the life. And we pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.